In his second inaugural address, then-President Lincoln closed his remarks with these words. With malice toward none, with charity for all, with firmness in the right as God gives us to see the right, let us strive on to finish the work we are in, to bind up the nation's wounds, to care for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan, to do all which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace among ourselves and with all nations. That is what is emblazoned on the VA headquarters building within the walls around the country. And those plaques belong there. We have a sacred responsibility to those who have borne the battle, who have fought for our freedoms. We've just passed the commemoration of once Decoration Day, now Memorial Day, when we honor those who have paid the ultimate price for freedom. Many have paid a price at different levels. They deserve our best. It is simply the promise of a nation. But the woke mob, the woke environment on the left has been beyond the left has come for the VA. Former VA Secretary Robert Wilkie joins me now. Robert, my friend, great to have you back. And uh, also kudos to you for joining Heritage as a visiting fellow. Uh, You know, those words mean something to so many families, so many Americans. Uh, what are they coming for? Well, it's it's something that you have talked about, you know, for the last few years. It is it's the vanguard of an assault on everything that makes America unique. Um, you sort of saw that in play with the vice president's speech at the Naval Academy, and and I, I think you've been to Navy Marine Corps Stadium. It is surrounded with battle honors. Uh, Coral Sea, Midway, Quezon, um, Guadalcanal. Uh, There was no reference of any of those uh, battles and campaigns in her speech. She talked about climate change. Uh, There was no reference to the courage of these young people who volunteered uh, to join the military. Uh, What we're seeing is an assault on the very essence of America. The theory really being Marxist, that if you can can destroy the past, you control the present. Um, this effort to remove Mr. Lincoln started in the last Congress. It passed the House, Nancy Pelosi's House, and, and Mitch McConnell killed it in the Senate. They've revised their language a little from the last Congress. In the last Congress, they just wiped out all of the reference to Mr. Lincoln and to say to care for men, women, and caregivers. Uh, now they say to care for men, women, and caregivers uh, in Lincoln's vision. I mean, something like that. Um, what we did last in the last year was put up in uh, all of our VA cemeteries a plaque, which you referenced, to give the, the meaning of the second inaugural address, the most important inaugural address ever given by an American president, also the shortest I call it the most biblically righteous address ever given by a president, uh, where he called on the nation to repent, 
and then to bind up the wounds and become this beacon for the rest of the world. Um, Frederick Douglass called that speech the sacred effort. I can think of nothing better uh, to honor the 41 million Americans who have put on the uniform since Lexington in 1775 than to put those words, those guiding words, those light-giving words uh, of Abraham Lincoln uh, to all of them to remind us uh, why we are here. You know, I think, in having looked at this for years, that there's another track that worries the woke mob. We've changed largely since the Vietnam era and the return of those Vietnam vets spitting on vets, calling them baby killers, the actions of Jane Fonda acting against the soldiers of America. We look at a country that has come to realize, I would say for the most part, that these are not separate members of our society, but there are brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, so much more, and they're a part of us. And that's a cohesive factor. There are issues to be addressed. You took on as many in yeoman's work to, to reform much under the Mission Act and other things that you did within the VA system. But that cohesiveness, that understanding, you look at the private organizations, you look at the various efforts you and I have talked about on radio and television and done, not just talked about, but done. That is what I see under attack, and the plaque is the target in the range. Right. That's right. And, and I, I can speak from the heart when it comes to what you just described as America's um, forgetting uh, what it means to put on that uniform. My father was a senior officer in the 82nd Airborne Division when I was in junior high school and high school, uh, incredibly decorated combat soldier from Vietnam. In America's most decorated combat unit, the All-American Division, couldn't even wear his uniform off post. Not That's not Berkeley, California, or Cambridge, Massachusetts. That's southeastern North Carolina, where Richard Nixon was, would, would be at home. And um, I've seen it. I also saw it, uh, David, in the Obama-Biden administration, because that same mentality, whether it was conscious to them or not, took hold. Uh, VA was a disaster. Uh, the approval ratings were at 37%. Uh, veterans were dying in the hallways. Wait times took years. Uh, they just didn't care. And uh, they're back. And, and we have to be on guard for those habits to come back. But there is that bigger issue. And I, I just got off of three months of active duty with the Air Force. Um, that woke mob that is going after Lincoln. We see that now being preached in the form of extremist awareness in the military, uh, which is this, it's so disquieting to me because you know, and I know, the great leveler in American society has, no matter what was happening in the broader country, Jim Crow, the, the lack of civil rights, particularly in my part of the country, in the Deep South, uh, the military was the leveler. You came, you performed, it didn't matter where you came from. It's the only thing that's comparable to professional athletics. You perform, you're accepted. 
And what struck me in listening to some of this extremism, extremism nonsense that I had to be subjected to is that they're not even telling the real story of America. Uh, if you want to tell the story of, of men and women who have overcome incredible obstacles, tell the story of the 369th uh, New York Infantry, the Harlem Hellfighters, who spent more time on the front lines, won more decorations than any unit in the American Army, or the second rangers in Korea. The fact that the North Koreans were stopped at Pusan, not because the remnants of the 1st Infantry Division were holding on, but because African-Americans who had been relegated to driving trucks and, and working the mess halls took up their rifles and beat the North Koreans back. If you want to tell that story of Americans coming together, tell that, but not a story of America that has no relevance other than to advance an extreme political agenda. This goes even beyond uh, our veteran community, but people have to take action on this. You and I are talking about it. We're highlighting the attack. What, in your opinion, do people need to do to make this clear? Well, Well, they need to get involved uh, from something as simple as the school board. Uh, Bill Bennett once told me that if he had a choice between the schools, controlling the schools and the media, or controlling the White House and the Congress, he would take the schools and the media. Um, That's where it's starting, Um, out there, talking about the American story, um, telling the truth about America. Um, standing up for those those timeless values that Abraham Lincoln Lincoln spoke of. Uh, that's really where it starts. It starts in the home. It starts in the schools. Um, but also holding people accountable. This legislation that takes away Mr. Lincoln in the name of inclusivity and um, combating misogyny, uh, which I think Lincoln would have found amusing uh, had he been presented with that, um, that has bipartisan support uh, in the in the House. Uh, also, there's a there's one Republican sponsor in the in the Senate. Um, the representatives need to know to stand up to this, um, and their voices out there now coming forth, um, and and that's what needs to be done. An engaged citizenry, otherwise, we'll just be plowed over. Uh, just for the simple inertia of the, the media culture and, and, and the education establishment uh, that we see uh, assaulting our values every day. My guest, former VA Secretary Robert Wilkie, uh, now a visiting fellow at Heritage uh, at the Heritage Foundation. You know, the questions often asked, and it's one I'll put to you, we, we've discussed this, but to what end? If they're able to remove this. To what end? Inclusivity is not a goal. It's a way to divide us as I see it. Absolutely. But then what next? Yeah. Well, uh, President Trump was pretty clear about this when he talked about uh, Robert E. Lee's statue coming down. He said, don't be fooled. Washington and Jefferson are next. Um, and, and we see that, and, and, and I've said, if there's no room for Abraham Lincoln, there's no room for the American story. And once that's gone, 
once there's nothing left to defend or affirm, then we've lost. We've lost our nation. And, and, I, and I often tell people something Harry Truman said, that this is the only nation in the history of the world to offer a helping hand to all the peoples of the world, including our enemies. Uh, there's no place like it. No, nowhere, nowhere else are people fighting and dying to get into a country. Uh, but if we can't defend our story, if, for instance, what we see going on now in our embassies, where political flags representing political movements that are an attack on the very fabric of the American ethos are allowed to fly by the good graces or the graces of the Secretary of State or the President, um, America as the hope of the world will vanish. And the beneficiaries are sitting in Beijing, Moscow, and Tehran. It's all a continuum, um, and and that's the that that's the ultimate goal to tear down this last bulwark uh, of freedom. Uh, there's no place like it. Uh, there's no history like ours. And uh, if you control that history, you control the future of the country. You're an Air Force officer, as you mentioned earlier, and you know when we look at this even more broadly, and it is a Marxist attack on this country, what we see playing out now, uh, these are just symptoms, elements of the, yeah, the attack. Right. We, we have a fired Air Force officer, Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, who spoke and wrote about Marxism within the military, something that you and I will remember uh, and many others will goes, you know, harkens back to the days of the warnings of the red threat to the world, not just right. to America. And yet he is fired for something for which the military actually stands to counter right. that kind of government. Right. And it, it's, it's funny because um, at the same time that the colonel was writing those words and all officers are encouraged to, to write for academic publications, for military publications, uh, the Air Force extremism curriculum discourages or, or calls out any political activism except activism that is accepted by the left, be it Black Lives Matter, uh, don't you, you, you can treat Antifa uh, quietly. Uh, you could you could speak out on behalf of transgenderism, but you can't talk about the Constitution. You can't talk about all of these things that the, the colonel mentioned. Uh, I sat through it. I think it was three and a half hours. Uh, I'm in a little different position than most officers because of what I've been able to do in my life. I've been a cabinet secretary. I've been an undersecretary of defense. Uh, and one of Dr. Rice's deputies on the National Security Council. So I, I'm in a different category, and I have a platform. Um, but this is this is a pernicious thing. Uh, this eats at the very heart of the military. And I, you know, I'm one who grew up in a time when I didn't even know if my father and his fellow officers voted. Um, politics would net was not a consideration. General Marshall, General Eisenhower never voted. Um, and to inject this activist political 
stream into the armed forces, uh, which is, if you look at where our, our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines come from, they come from mostly rural America. doesn't matter what color they are. They come from the small towns and the small counties in the country. Um, their values are traditional American values. And you strike at the heart of that, and then the word's going to get out, which it already is doing. And people aren't going to want to join. Um, and, and that's what I see the danger being. And it is, it is something that is siphoning off resources, but it's siphoning off where we need to focus. And that focus is to the Pacific. Uh, we have a foe that is more capable and rapacious than the Soviet Union could have ever been. Because unlike the Soviet Union, they have an economic fist that the Russians never had. Um, we are losing ground in the Pacific. But the other thing that this does, and we saw it with the treatment of the Secretary of State who couldn't stand up for his own country in that meeting in Alaska, was that the Chinese used all of the rhetoric of Antifa and Black Lives Matter um, and the woke majority in the Congress to berate the Secretary of State, and he had no defense. Um, that's what is, in terms of military, of the, of the armed forces, in terms of national security policy, that's what I think is at the end of this, if we continue down that road. We are giving, as Lenin said, we're giving them the rope to put us away. Yeah. A rope that is responsible for the deaths of over a hundred million persons in some form, whether it's Mao's reset, his plan that played out over decades, uh, the gulags, the Uyghurs currently, the forced labor, the slave labor, uh, even on forced labor in ship in fishing. And this is something that, as I mentioned, an Air Force officer is fired from his post for speaking against something we all stand against. We are now being pushed back. It just it it, it doesn't just boggle the mind. I got to tell you, Robert, well, we've you know, known each other a long time. You know, it scares me. Yeah, it's it's frightening. Um, we just you just had an incident there in New York where the uh, the mayor. Uh, on his own signature, gave permits to uh, a, a march celebrating cannabis attended by the Senate Majority Leader. And yet, until he was dragged into court, he'd refused to give a permit to New York veterans to march on Memorial Day. The only thing that, that stopped him a couple of days before the event was to take place was that he knew he was going to lose in court. Uh, this is the same guy who wants to tear down, or he may have already done it, may have already done it, torn down Teddy Roosevelt's statue in front of the Natural History Museum. Um, so it's frightening, as you said, and there are consequences, there are global consequences for this kind of movement and uh, this assault on this, said, the very being of, 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 of America. We have a lot of fight to go, a long way to go, my friend. We'll be in it together. I, I, your continued efforts are always appreciated. I always appreciate speaking with you, and I thank you for everything you do.
Thank you. Robert Wilkie, former VA secretary, now visiting fellow at Heritage and someone you will continue to hear from on this program. Uh, we not just we don't just talk, we act. Act a non verba. That's what he does. Thank you, uh, Secretary Wilkie. Eight six six nine five Patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. I'll be right back. <laughs> 